If you're going to run a great business, you've got to have great people, and finding them is a huge part of that puzzle. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com has a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. It identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. You can find them, but ZipRecruiter is how. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash buck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash buck. One more time, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash buck. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. Once you check out their interface and you see those candidates come right into your inbox, you're going to realize it's a great choice. ZipRecruiter.com slash buck you are entering the freedom hut a week of unhinged democrats continues on they are saying all kinds of crazy stuff after all of the uh, propaganda they've been putting out on immigration Turns out that some of them are willing to finally say, oh yeah, open borders, maybe that's a thing we do want. And oh, by the way, if you support Trump, they actually do hate you. We will dig into that and much more on a Freestyle Friday, coming up. This This is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. Make Make no mistake. America, you're a great American again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, team. Thank you so much for being here. Great to have you with me. Freestyle Friday from the swamp. No less. And oh my, it is indeed swampy. Swampy weather, swampy day. Feels like we've been through a lot here in the hut over the last few days. The uh, the left, the assault on, on truth, the assault on honesty has been ferocious. And we find out today that much of what I've been telling you, you knew it was true, but now we have further proof. Uh, for one... Some of the most powerful imagery, some of the most powerful imagery from the uh, entire border crisis situation was misleading, to say the least. The Honduran government has confirmed that the crying girl photo, those of you who haven't seen it, if you just look at some immigration stories, they're using this all over the place. The crying girl photo uh, from the border turns out she wasn't separated from her mom ever, never separated. Now people are going to say, "But Buck, they didn't say they didn't say that she was separated. They just showed her crying, and it's true." Okay, well, I just I don't have any kids, but kids do cry a lot. Okay, this is the thing that I've seen, and I would also say that using that photo of a young girl in that way was clearly meant to illustrate or you were supposed to take away from it that she was one of the ones who had been separated from her family. Turns out it wasn't true. It also was used as the cover of Time magazine, which is still a thing, apparently. 
and they photoshopped Donald Trump staring down at her. This is meant to convey a very specific message. You know, adorable little girl crying, separated from her parents, and big mean monster Trump staring down at her. This is incredibly dishonest and unfair, but that's what they did. Now we find out some facts. Oh, it's so weird that the media, oh, they're saying, oh, but, you know, we didn't know. Oh, what a surprise. I don't think they wanted to know. I don't think they really cared all that much to get to the facts. But this uh, young girl, her father is in Honduras. And her father is very upset that she was taken by the mother across the border. Turns out the father has a job and a stable life, and the mother just decided to take the daughter across the border. And he's mad because she was put, he felt like she was put in, the daughter was put in jeopardy by this. Paid thousands of dollars to a coyote, and she was caught trying to smuggle herself and her daughter into the United States. So, you know, the, the, the dad apparently doesn't think that they need asylum and that they're fleeing certain death or anything. That's based on the stories that we've seen. That's not the case at all. She decided, the mom decided that she was going to do this and, and, and very clearly made a decision to break U.S. law. And this is why when, presidents, uh, when President Trump says the Democrats are telling phony stories of sadness and grief, you know, they're certainly exaggerating and misleading with some of these stories. No question about that now. And we knew this was going to be the case all along. They've been doing this for weeks. I told you here on this show about the, quote, prison buses for babies, also known as child restraint seats for babies that were taken to uh, field trips and put in those seats at taxpayer expense, by the way, so that they could, you know, get out and about it, but that they could be safe when they were in the vehicle. But, oh, it was a, it was a prison bus for babies. That was a photo making the rounds. Went viral. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a prison bus for babies the same way all of you listening who, you know, drive around in a minivan and have a child seat in the back that, you know, restrains the child so it doesn't get hurt if you have to stop short or something. You know, I guess you're also operating a, a, a prison van for babies. That's all it was. The cages that we saw, the cages that the kids were put in, turns out that was from the Obama administration. But, you know, Obama's administration putting kids in cages, not nearly as big a deal, it seems, as this administration. Uh, and by the way, they're not in cages. They're in fenced in enclosed areas. There, There is a difference. Um, but the woman who crossed, and, and so the, the mom of the little girl in the, now iconic photo of crying little girl at the border. Uh, the mom, as I see here, was not a first-time crosser, never separated from her child. The child was put in danger by the decision to cross, and was part of a. This was all part of a human smuggling operation with thousands of dollars paid to a coyote, a human smuggler. Did you get? Did you get any of that? Why did all that information? It didn't come out until Friday. We had it all week, this this photo, making the rounds all over the world. You know, the, the visual became the story. And now we find out that the visual was, in fact, misleading and not what we were led to believe, which is not surprising to you or me, but we should, we should remember that. Now also on the point about what's really at work here. 
I've been saying, why don't they just advocate for open borders? Why not just be honest? Why can't Democrats just say, we want open borders? Well, the reason is because they'll lose. The reason is because it's actually politically a losing issue for them. And there is some recognition of that fact. They're trying to change the American electorate without the American electorate figuring that out. The latest Economist YouGov poll, for example, shows in response to the following uh, about this immigration crisis. Release the families and have them report back for an immigration hearing at a later date. You know how many people want that? Just which means catch and release. Just think of a number in your head. What percentage, according to this? Remember, this is an economist poll. This is not, oh, it's a right wing poll. Economist YouGov, 1,500 U.S. adults. Less than a fifth, 19%. 19% say, yeah, just release the family. Because we, that just means that they stay in the country. That just means that this is a giant open door for illegal aliens into the United States. In fact, it, it, what it does is it makes the Border Patrol and Immigrations and Customs Enforcement complicit in this illegal entry system because they got to take them in, process them, and then let them loose in the, in the United States. That's what happens. Uh, in terms of holding families together in detention facilities, well, then the American people are much more willing to, you know, willing to go along with that. You got 47% of Republicans, 49% of Democrats. People are like, okay, fine, let's not separate families. Let's keep it. Fa- but we have to verify that they're families, verify that children aren't in danger, you know, make sure these are actually their parents and not a human smuggler that as soon as they're released with them is going to turn them over to, you know, an unspeakably horrific situation with the human smuggling network. Uh, but, you know, it was really, you know, really interesting when you see the actual numbers here. In response to, to this statement, arrest the adults, send them to jail to await a criminal trial, and send any minor children to shelters run by HHS. You know, you got uh, 22% of Republicans want that. 5% of Democrats want So no, people aren't saying do that. But the, the really important thing is I just, when you look at this, a vast majority, 80% of Americans do not want the policy that the Democrat media has been advocating for all week, which is the Obama policy. Release the families, tell them to have an immigration hearing. That's what Obama did. 80% of us oppose that. And I would guess the real, real number when people know what's going on would be even higher. Because all that is is illegal immigration under another name. That's all it is. They come into the country with with this kind of uncertain status. And then, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, writing a fraudulent check. You know, you write the check, it's fine. But if you don't have the money in the account, you find out a few days later, well, well, then you're committing a fraud, right? They're committing immigration fraud. It's just they're in the first few days of it, they're saying, oh, no, we'll show up for that hearing. They have no intention of showing up for the hearing. It is illegal immigration that the Obama administration was incentivizing. Even though they said they weren't, their policy made it made it so that clearly people the word was out and people were like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get to stay in America. That's that's the thing I'm going to do. But then just on this on this point about open borders, you know, they say, oh, we don't want that. We don't want that. DNC deputy chairman photographed here. I saw this on Twitter wearing a T-shirt reading. I don't believe in borders. I feel like I feel like that's open borders. 
You don't believe in borders. Fair to say that you're for open borders? I think so. You know, keep in mind that the whole concept of open borders is, up to this point, really a, a fiction. It, it, it has not existed. It does not exist in the modern nation-state system. There is no country where you just, like, come and go as you please. Not a single country on Earth allows that. I mean, maybe Ant- Antarctica or something, but, you know, you're, you'll be very cold. I mean, no, but really, no country would accept that because of what it does to undermine the fundamental integrity of the state. And you've got Democrats that are around acting like this is a solution to things. And it just goes more and more to why do we have Trump? Why was Trump so powerful? Why did his message resonate? We have been taught by the left-wing elites in this country, and it has been force-fed to us by a a complicit Democrat media apparatus that Immigrants are illegal immigrants are illegal aliens. See, I got to get the terminology right. Illegal aliens are actually better than we are. We have an obligation to take them in and help them. And if we have any problems with that, we're bad people. That's what we've been told. And we're rejecting that narrative. The American people are rejecting the narrative. Um, at least a lot of us are. I mean, the, the media insanity this week, the stuff that people are saying with the, Aush, with the Auschwitz and the Buchenwald and Nazi concentration camps, Anyone, anyone who, who says that what's going on at the border is in any way similar to Nazism or fascism is a moron. Or, or, they, or they've lost touch with reality such that they are moronic on this issue. It is idiocy to say that. It's not a, this isn't a, hey, uh, I'm here, you're there, you know, we got to meet in the middle thing. It is idiocy to say it. But people are saying it all over the place. They're getting airtime on TV. You know, that's one of the fake. Uh, speaking about the, the tactics of the fake news, one of the things I'm going to continue to do here on the show is break apart how the fake news does what it does because it's more than just running fake stories. That's too obvious. That's not very effective. It's not effective propaganda. Remember, propaganda has to be believable and has to have some truth to it. If it's just complete, if it's, you know, unicorns, uh, unicorns landed yesterday and took over the country, that's not good propaganda. You have to be more subtle, it has to be more effective than that. Uh, or it has to be more believable for it to be effective. And you know, I, I'll, I'll continue to hammer on this because I think that it's so important that we don't allow them to get away with the, the fake news messaging on immigration. Um, 844-900-2825, 844-900-BUCK. Uh, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on all the things that are going on here. Uh, do tell us what you think about all this. And uh, it's a Friday, my friend, so let's light it up. We'll be right back. What has to happen now, this can no longer be about who Trump is. It has to be about who we are. If we are working towards November, we can no longer say Trump's the bad guy. If you vote for Trump, you're the bad guy. Mm -hmm. If you vote for Trump, you are ripping children from parents' arms. The mistake that we've made in the past is look at that bad guy over there, look at that bad guy. What the Democrats have to do is make the next election a referendum on not who Trump is, but who you are. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border 
like Nazis, go, you here, you here. And I think we now have to flip it. And it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. But if you vote, you can no longer separate yourself. You can't say, well, he's okay, but. And I think that gymnastics and I think that jujitsu has to happen. So Donnie Deutsch of MSNBC is outrageously stupid, apparently. That's a good thing to know. I didn't, I'm not really familiar with the guy's work, very forgetful until now, but that was one of the dumbest rants I've ever heard on television. Okay, Donnie, yeah, you're right. Let's, let's vote for Democrats. Let's put, let's put people in office who think that a baby that's, you know, eight months, three weeks, and five days old should be uh, able to be taken out of the mother with a vacuum cleaner and cut up into pieces, and, like, and the Democrats are proud of that. That's why I like this guy, Steve Schmidt, who says he's now a Democrat. Really? If you want to withdraw from the process, if you can't support Trump, you know, that's on you, but at least at least that I, I can fathom. But you're going to tell me, you've, you're, you know, Schmidt's going to say he's been a conservative his whole life, a Republican his whole life, and now he's now he's with the other team? At this stage of the game, it just looks like opportunism. And it looks like sour grapes and whininess to me. <sighs> Man, it's ridiculous. If you vote for Trump, what that guy just said on national TV is if you vote for Trump, you know, you're you're basically a Nazi, too. If you vote for Trump. And now, look, Trump isn't on the he's not even on the ballot this fall. Right. So what they mean by if you vote for the Republican Party, because Trump is the de facto head of the Republican Party right now. Folks, understand this. They, they, they don't disagree with your policies. They, they want they want to create the perception that you're a bad person. That's why this show is so necessary for me. I get to talk to all of you. This is my sanity. You are my sanity. I get to talk to all of you across the country and then read all your messages and talk to you on the phone and, you know, interact with you on Twitter and everything. And it, it's just good to know I'm not alone. I am deep in the swamp here behind enemy lines. And I hear this stuff from these people that are multimillionaires. I mean, Deutsch, the guys, I think I'd like a, a, a mansion that would make Louis XIV blush out in the Hamptons, right? Oh, but, he, you know, he's going to lecture us all about how, how much he cares about people at the border. I think about crap. These people are so full of it. I don't care about anybody at the border. They send their, they send their own kids to the least full of asylum-seeking kids' schools they can possibly find and will pay top dollar for it. But then they want to make sure that, you know, if you have any questions about whether your school district should be overrun with non-English speakers who just got here from traumatized countries after being put through human trafficking pipelines because the Obama administration's like, hey, human trafficking, it, uh, it works these days if you want to get into the country. Good luck with it. But if you, if you see all this for what it is, you're a bad person. That's what they want you to know. You know, how often do I come here on the show and I just say, yeah, I, you know, I disagree with this person on tax or immigration policy or something. They're a bad human being. Bad human being. You know, yeah, you know, Cecil Richards or whatever her name is from Planned Parenthood, bad person. Bad person. I'll, I mean, I'll say that. Uh, you know, and certain other folks out there I could think of and talk about in the media and even some of their, you know, some of the people that they're very close to that are pushing that kind of policy, pushing for Planned Parenthood. Yeah, they're, they're doing evil. I will say that. But on immigration, it's a very complicated subject. It is. But to suggest that if you disagree with somebody, you're a bad person, I mean, that's just, it's a disgrace. But, you know, Donnie Deutsch, the, the intellectual level of commentary over at MSNBC these days is, it's, it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. It just is. And these people are going way overboard. Eight four four nine hundred buck. You want to chat? We got some lines lit. We can take another call or two. We'll get into it, and also what Trump had to say about MS thirteen in just a moment. 
Who's holding the line for America? Buck Sexton is back. Of these children and teenagers that we're talking about, over 70% came here on their own, about 40,000 this year by themselves. And you just cannot accept, and, when you, and I've been on the border many times, you can't accept that these are the real parents. Um, you know, the drug cartels control the border. They make as much money or a lot of money on smuggling people as much as they do drugs. So right now the drug cartels are looking at America and they're laughing. The president is right on this. No one wanted to separate these kids, but he was following the law. Uh, Obama did the same thing. We know all that now and that's in the past. We need to move forward. Did you get that sense? From the news reports this week, folks, were they telling you that? How many of these news anchors, oh my gosh, the children, how many of them were, just so you're clear on all the facts, right, just so they're presenting you with the facts, how many of them are saying that this is a huge moneymaker for the drug cartels, same drug cartels that are flooding our streets with heroin, part of the opioid epidemic, and also, by the way, selling fentanyl illegally, killing Tens of thousands of our fellow Americans. Was there any talk about that? How smuggling is a huge cash cow for the cartels, the same cartels that not only use those smuggling routes to make money, but also use those smuggling routes to bring drugs into this country. In fact, some of the people they smuggle in, they use as mules for the drugs. Was that ever a part of the conversation as you were seeing it on TV and you know, New York Times? And oh, it's all it was all about how terrible Trump was, how much Trump hates babies. That's what it was. Trump's a racist who hates babies. That was the main story they're running with at all these different news outlets. Did were you, were you told that that seventy percent of the under eighteen population, under eighteen years old that showed up at the border, came alone? Why would they do that? Oh, that's right, because the Obama administration was just letting them stay in the country. It was open border if you're under 18. Show up. Bring you into the interior. Tell you to show up for an immigration hearing. Never show up. Never get deported. Dangerous, though, for those kids. Dangerous for those kids, making money for the cartels. But these are the these are the important facts, the the background and, and really the, the center ground of this discussion that was just somehow left out. Just left out. Yeah, we didn't really get that sense, did we? I really ask you this. Did you did you ever hear until I just played it for you now on all with all the coverage of this that 70 percent of the minors at the border weren't even with parents? Because these parents care so much about these kids, I guess, that they're willing to send them into one of the most dangerous parts of the Western Hemisphere right now. Mexico, by the way, last year had its worst year in history for murders. The drug cartels are on a rampage. And the drug cartels are also killing thousands of Americans through drug overdoses, targeting people who are addicted to substances that are the most addictive substances ever known to mankind. And this is all tied into illegal immigration. It's all tied into our unsecure border. And all we hear about is Trump hates babies and Trump isn't nice to Trump isn't nice to, you know, Hispanic people. And he hates Hispanic babies. That's that was the sum total of what you're getting from me this week. It, they're a disgrace. CNN is the enemy of truth. They are an utter disgrace. They have no honor and no ethics. MSNBC, not really better, but at least we know where they stand on this stuff. At least you can, you can expect leftist propaganda and leftist agitprop from them. 
But even the major networks, and the New York Times, Washington Post, they're no better. It was all about, will Trump back down? Will Trump back down? They made it seem like there were just babies and babies showing up, you know, swaddled by, by mothers, you know, shivering in the cold, just, just begging to come into America because, they've, you know, because they're, they're fleeing certain death at home. Now we find out, well, actually, some of them have, like, husbands at home that are making a living and are like, I didn't want her to take the kid across the border. That's really dangerous. She paid smugglers? She paid the cartels off? That's terrible. We shouldn't do that. She could have lost my baby. And that story I'm telling you, that's from the main photo they've been using to emotionally manipulate all of us into thinking that this crisis is all Trump's fault. There's no bigger story at work here. It's, this is what we're up against, though. And they got us to stop talking about the IG report, which proves beyond any reasonable doubt the deep state is real and tried to stop Trump from being elected and has tried to take him out of office since. Whew. Man. All right, every line is lit, which means we got a lot of a lot of talking to do with the team here. Let's get into some of this. We have uh hold on one second. Buck in Mobile, Alabama, because he's got the best name known to man. What's up, Buck? What's going on, man? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for calling. Shield tie. Oh, chill tie, buddy. Uh no, man, I was just calling because I heard first time hearing about it, uh, the MSNBC guy talking about how people that voted for Trump are evil and that they've got to do something about it and all that kind of stuff, which is it's, it's really ridiculous to me personally because they're sitting up there in the Capitol not having to see none of this firsthand or, or anything like that. And they just think that they're all high and mighty and uh, they just need to get knocked off their high horse. You know, they need to actually go down there and try to do something instead of just talking about it. Oh yeah, it's all it's all virtue signaling, Buck. It's it's just uh, them trying to look like they care on TV for their liberal urban elite audiences uh, that that pretend to care about immigration, but really it's just about how much they want to tell everybody how great they are. Thanks for calling in. I got to say one thing about talking to Buck is, is that it does make me feel like I'm having some kind of out of body experience. I'm like, good point, Buck. Well said, Buck. It's fun. It's fun when I get a caller named Buck because clearly Buck is brilliant. Buck's done his homework. Buck also has a good voice. Buck is... See, it gets weird, right? I was talking about her caller, but it sounds like I'm having some kind of... some kind of self-indulgent meltdown here on the show. Uh, All right, let's get into our next caller. We've got Glenn in Destin, Florida, who's a retired Special Forces guy. Glenn, thanks for calling. Uh, Thank you, Buck. Uh, Shields high. Shields high. Uh... The president, uh, not too long ago, gave that great speech uh, to the nation on Iran. Of course, uh, a similar speech on the uh, border situation and immigration and how important it is to all Americans and shaping our country, et cetera. But, of course, uh, uh, at the same time, one can address the tremendous amounts of money we spend in foreign aid to these various countries that are being destabilized because we don't have secure borders. So the, the kidnappings can continue. The uh, tears on the border will drive, but the tears in those countries that are being undermined by this will not. Uh, you hit all the talking points, so I won't. But uh, someone like yourself could certainly uh, uh, develop uh, a narrative for uh, uh, the president or someone to uh, have his great speechwriters uh, plug it in. Can you imagine... Uh, uh, a television address to the nation with uh, 
a screen in the back where you can flash uh, statistics, uh, how many murders have taken place because of this or that, um, uh, how many assassinations of government officials, uh, on and on. Yeah, I mean, tr- uh, Trump is the only one. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, Glenn, I just was saying Trump is the only one who, in the GOP right now, can and is willing to make the argument that there's a real cost to illegal immigration. By the way, I'm going to get to the his his meeting with the angel parents in just a moment. I mean, I've already I've already um, prepared for that in the show today. Where okay, so we're going to talk about crying babies at the border. Do we also talk about crying parents who lost their kids to MS13 gang members who uh, are here because of the asylum loophole that Obama opened up? Do, do we get to talk about that loss? You know, the rapes, the murders, the stabbings to death and such that have happened at, because of MS-13. Some of them, by the way, a 10 or 15 minute drive from where I'm doing this radio broadcast right now. So, you know, it's not like this is located in just one area. It's in many places across the country. But Glenn, you know, it's, it's always one of the great lies of illegal immigration that has been rammed down our throats for decades now is there's no downside to it. There's only upside. That is a lie. But they've been perpetuating that big lie for a long time. Thank you for calling in and. You know, I, I agree with you that the the Trump administration is able to make this case in a way that, and, and I'd like them to see, make the case even more. I mean, get out there and really talk to people about this. I read to you the, the polling before, just so we're all clear, what the Democrat once Trump signed that executive order said keep families together, the next day, Democrats were, yeah, we should go back to what we had before. Americans overwhelmingly reject that. We do not want illegal immigration. We don't want it. The liberal elites want it. And yes, some Republican sellouts want it, too. Speaking of sellouts, I'm just seeing here. Now George Will has written a column. You see this? George Will's written a column saying that they sh- people should vote against the GOP this November. W- what? What is what is wrong with people? They what they're they're hating the. Expo- they're, they're hating that Trump is exposing the lies of the left-wing media apparatus. They're, they're, they hate that Trump fights back on these issues and doesn't just sit there like, you know, like it was embarrassing for me for a while. When I was a CIA and I wasn't really openly political, you know, Bush would just, he would just get annihilated. You know, Bush is a moron. Bush is, you know, his eyes are so close together. There's clearly inbreeding there and all that. I mean, they'd say all this horrible stuff about Bush all the time. And he'd just, you know, sit there like, well, you know, yeah, you know, it's, you know. I'm the president and I can't I'm sorry, it wasn't it wasn't a good thing to just sit there and, and get humiliated and call the war criminal and you know all you know a, a, a greedy monster and all this stuff. It's terrible. Cause they, you've seen it doesn't matter whether it's Romney or Trump, they're gonna say the same kind of stuff. Right? Romney was like the the dog abusing, you know, wedgie giving in high school, cancer handing out greedy capitalist pig meanwhile everyone knows romney is like he's he is like a grown-up boy scout nicest guy imaginable totally trustworthy family man you know as clean as they come in his background i mean didn't matter didn't matter because they played dirty because they're disgraced because democrats are are look the, the democrat party's been overtaken by a mania that is that is concerning let me be honest with you I'm hearing things from people that I usually think are pretty sane. They're like, yeah, maybe we should just track down officials we disagree with and scream in their faces in front of their children until they do what we want. I'm like, no, that's not that's not OK. That's that's not the way this should go. But, you know, you know what? Let me let me take we're going to get to the MS-13, the Angel family. Got to talk about that. Got to talk about it. Going to get into that 
in some detail in the next hour. I want to deal with this issue, though, of of these GOP. Look, MSNBC is lining their, you know, MSNBC is is writing their checks now. So I get it. Right. There's a lot. There's this whole GOP in exile. You know, the people that gave us the Iraq war and and the the failed effort to rebuild that. Remember, the Afghan war won, but the rebuilding effort has not been a success. Uh, and, and the people that gave us all that, that gave us Nancy Pelosi, a Speaker of the House, and eight years of Obama, they want to stand around and lecture all of us on foreign policy, on economics, on... And I'm like, no. No, no, no. You you, you took a country that was had a clear conservative lean and threw it way in the opposite direction and gave us eight years of Obamaism, and now you're going to lecture all the rest of us? You know, now Steve Schmidt and George Will and these other GOP establishment types... They're not only going to lecture us. Look, if they would, I have friends who hate Trump, and I, I can listen to them. I, I can't agree with them, but I can listen to them. But the moment it goes from I hate Trump to I'm going to vote for Democrats, that is just that's actually like a break a, a break with reality. That's delusional. It's counterproductive, and I think it's weak. I really do. I think it's cowardly. You want to withdraw? You can't support Trump and call and you're going to call yourself a conservative, but you're not fine. I disagree, but. We can talk about that. You're going to vote for the other side. You're a turncoat. You're you're an ideological turncoat. You just are. So we should talk about this. The other side of the break. Stay with me. So George Will, somebody uh, formerly thought of as a I don't know, a, lead, a leading conservative editorial writer, opinion writer, he, he writes the following now. Vote against the GOP this November. Amid the carnage of Republican misrule in Washington, there is glimmer, there's this glimmer of good news. The family-shredding policy along the southern border, the most telegenic recent example of misrule, clarified something. Occurring less than 140 days before elections that can reshape Congress, the policy that has given independents and temperate Republicans, these are probably expanding and contracting cohorts respectively, fresh if redundant evidence for the principle by which they vote. You know, I think this guy is not actually as good a writer as people think he is. Just going to put that out there. A lot of, uh, it, it, his writing is very showy. I would say that. You could even, you could even say it's a little, a little pedantic. That's that's what I that's how I would for for anyone who cares. That's what I would say about it. Um, you could even say it's meretricious. That's right. Let's bust out some SAT words to talk about how this guy uses too many SAT words. It's what you call irony. So uh, here here we go. We got we got Will writing this stuff, and I just I got so many questions. I would love to ask Will, but they won't have me over on MSNBC to ask them. Um, what misrule? What what are Republicans so upset about right now? You know, what 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 problem do they have with what's going on? The tax cut? No. Okay, that's Republicans always want tax cuts, right? They've got a fever and the only prescription is more tax cuts. So that's not it. Gorsuch? No. Gorsuch is as good as uh, justice in the Supreme Court as any conservative could ever make the case for anywhere in the country. Okay. It's not Gorsuch. Uh Federal judiciary, getting conservative judges put in all over the place, rebalancing the court after Obama did a progressive court packing with 30% of the federal judiciary being picked by the Obama administration. So we don't want that. 
you know, hashtag resistance judiciary in effect. We don't want that. So uh, fighting with the fake news media, letting Americans who will open their eyes and ears know that it's okay to say that CNN is a, a effectively a, a an enterprise of intellectual fraud on a grand scale, and that the people, and the worst offenders are those who are like, I'm just an objective journalist. The worst ones are the Coopers and the Tappers and the rest of them because they're just Democrats pretending to be something else. That's all that's going on there. Oh, no, we're just journalists. Yeah, right, we're not idiots. The whole thing is dishonest. Is that a big problem for Republicans? I hope not. So, so what is the big problem exactly? That he throws a little BS around sometimes in order to, you know, make a case about something or that he exaggerates a little or he is imprecise in his language. I just, what makes them so upset? See, what I think makes them so upset is that you've got a roaring economy, record low unemployment, GDP growth finally getting back to what it should be in this country, businesses at like 80-year highs for optimism, and, and they were all telling us that this guy wouldn't be able to tie his shoes and get the first base, never mind be a successful president. So they just can't handle it. You got Republicans who just can't handle the fact that they were deeply and utterly wrong. You've got a yard, you got a fence, you know that it helps a lot. Keeps your dogs inside, keeps predators out of your yard, but it doesn't cover everything. It doesn't go deep enough underground. If your pet digs, guess what? He can get under your fence. That's why you need dig defense it is genius it solves the problem that pet owners have of having to deal with dogs who dig and it's so easy to install it comes with a bunch of different sizes different models you can use a hammer and a pair of gloves and you're done it extends the uh, the protection of your fence underground so if you got pets digging under the fence check out dig defense right now it's available online at lowe's menards wayfair and stopthedig.com again dig defense is the solution to pets digging under the fence and getting out or letting predators in stopthedig.com that's stopthedig.com for dig defense keep those dogs in buck sexton permission decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence One make, make no mistake america great you're a great american again this is the buck sexton show Activate. former cia analyst former member of the nypd buck sexton it is buck sexton now None of our kids had a minute to say goodbye. We weren't lucky enough to be separated for five days or ten days. We're separated permanently. My separation is permanent. Sarah's never coming home. I never get to take a selfie with her again. They could fill this stage up every day for the next five months of victims of illegal alien crime, and it would just keep going. So remember when you go home and hug your kids? That there are many of us, thousands of us, who don't get to do that anymore. He shouldn't have been there, and we had many opportunities to, to get him out. Welcome back to the Buck Saxon Show. You were just hearing there from some of the parents, the angel parents, of those who have been killed by illegal aliens. Whether illegal aliens driving intoxicated without a license, or illegal aliens who are members of MS-13, you know, murdering people with machetes in suburban and urban neighborhoods all across the country now. I mean, it just happens wherever there's a pocket of MS-13, you could have a, a terrible atrocity. And they, there have been atrocities. And, and you have these parents who are standing up and saying, you know, there is a cost to all this illegal immigration. 
And the notion that illegals are less likely to commit crimes than Americans doesn't bring, first of all, it's not true. And I don't care what anyone says. It's just not true. But it also doesn't bring any comfort to the families of those who look at the government and say, you failed my son or my daughter. You failed to enforce the law and my son or daughter is now dead or my husband or my wife or media doesn't media doesn't, you know, no big anchors on the different channels tearing up over this one. None of them spending their time uh, crying on camera about these are people, remember, who are murdered. Okay, what's more serious? Ten year old that doesn't see mom for two days while he's tended to by authorities of the state because mom decided to bring him via coyotes to the border illegally, by the way. Or being murdered. I think we all know the answer to that. But that's that's not we're not allowed to look at that as a cost of illegal immigration. We're not allowed to think about that. They even they'll lie to us about this. I mean, Hillary Clinton, when I was on Fox earlier in the week, Brett Baer asked me the question. He said, what do you think about Hillary saying crime is dropping in Germany? Well, yeah, it has been dropping over the last 30 years, been dropping across the whole Western Hemisphere, the Western world. Uh, but that's largely a function, as I say, of technology more than anything else. I know people say, oh, no, it is. Uh, but but also it, it ignores that there's been a 10 percent spike in murders in Germany, almost entirely attributable to the surge of migrants that have come from war torn Middle Eastern countries, from major, uh, majority Muslim countries that have now brought a whole lot of people into societies that they are having some trouble assimilating into. I mean, this is, you know, you can see this with how, are we really supposed to believe that it's going to be just as as easy and just as beneficial for Americans uh, to bring in a, uh, a, a Pakistani immigrant from the northwest frontier province who is a... a hardline Islamist who speaks no English but has some relative in the United States or claims Islam or something that that person will assimilate every bit as well as a you know a a, a Ghanaian English speaking doctor the answer is no the Ghanaian English speaking doctor is going to do way better nine times out of ten than the illiterate Pakistani immigrant from the Northwest Frontier Province who is claiming asylum, right? But our immigration system and our immigration discussion is not even allowed to take this into account. We're supposed to pretend that all cultures are the same, all backgrounds are the same, and all people are going to contribute equally to American society. Just not true. It is obviously untrue. But there's a moral blackmail to this. They yell racist. They yell xenophobe. They yell bigot. They yell child hater now. All this. And then they have no response, nothing to say when we, we point out, well, hold on a second. What about, the, what about the people that have been killed by immigrants who have been deported many times and keep coming back into the country? One of the great, uh, great big lies of the media is that they really don't want people to figure out how large a role... Illegal immigrant smuggling and cartels from south of our border, from Mexico and from Central American countries, the role that Mexican drug cartels and Mexican illegals have played in what is a mass slaughter of Americans via addiction to drugs that, yes, I know people say you make a choice to get on drugs. These drugs are more potent, more dangerous and more addictive than anything else known to man. 
You can die from trying them once. Okay, they are straight up poison. Media doesn't want to talk about this. Oh, yeah, the opioids. You'll notice they'll they'll cover how big and bad and evil the pharmaceutical companies are. Meanwhile, a lot of people live with chronic pain actually do need drugs to help manage the pain so they can go about their lives. It's not like the pharmaceutical companies are, are making up that people are in pain or making up that these drugs work. They do work. But the cartels are targeting people and have been targeting people that live in now you know small-town America. No connective tissue established between what's going on south of the border, illegal immigrants, and the 60,000-plus dead Americans from opioid overdoses last year. I think it was 63 or 64,000 total. No one talks about that. Why is that? That seems like a pretty big cost of illegal immigration to me. It seems like a, a pretty worth... Considering that life expectancy is dropping in some areas because of that, I think that that's a should be higher up on our list. But no, no, no. You, you see, if you talk about that, you must hate crying babies and not want them to be with their mothers. Think of just how dishonest the whole argument is, too. And what's terrifying is you see Donnie Deutsch and these other idiots out there, these other overpaid clowns on TV who have no real wisdom, no real knowledge to share with the public. It's just all pomposity in the, gu- in the guise of professionalism. very frustrating it really is you know and we've got so few media outlets out there that'll even tell the truth about this stuff you know know, cnn should just have a total it should just be scrapped top to bottom and just restart it from the ground up i mean give us a real conservative i mean sorry give us a real cable news network conservatives network would be great too i'd take that too but anything but this this uh this vile dishonest propaganda mill Ugh, disgusting. All right, we got a lot of calls, which I do, I do want to get to as well. But but first, you know, this uh, Trump is out there. He's making the case about this, and God bless him for it. Nobody else will do this. You'll notice there's really no, there's not a lot of other Republicans that are willing to make the case and capable of making the case and fighting back on this. You know, the rest of them they get steamrolled. Oh yeah, amnesty, sure. DACA, yeah. Dreamers, sure. They're just undocumented. They're not illegal. I mean. Republicans get steamrolled on this issue all the time. Trump doesn't get steamrolled on it. Play 11. Our first duty and our highest loyalty is to the citizens of the United States. We want safety in our country. We want border security. We don't want people in our country that don't go through a process. We want people in our country based on merit, not based on a draw, where other countries put their absolute worst in a bin and they start drawing people. Well, you think they're going to put their good ones? They don't put their good ones. They put their bad ones. And then when they commit crimes, we're so surprised. We'll not rest until our border is secure, our citizens are safe, and we finally end the immigration crisis once and for all. We want safety in our country. We want strong borders. What part of what Donald Trump said there doesn't make perfect sense? Because I fail to to, uh, see what he's saying that isn't, not only sound, but obvious. And he's, he's, they think he's a monster on this issue. George will vote for the Democrats because of Trump. Steve Schmidt, who's best known as the guy that brought us Sarah Palin, that disastrous election. Yeah, I mean, it was a disaster, okay? I know people like Sarah Palin, that's fine. I'm sure she's a lovely person. Not the right choice for vice president, okay? Sorry. 
brought us that whole situation. All, but all you have to know is he's the only guy who's the HBO documentary or H, not documentary HBO movie makes look good. So you know that there's a problem when you're the only Republican in an HBO movie that looks good and is played by Woody Harrelson. Uh, there's something up. They like you. They they like you too much on the other side. It's just it's just true. It's obvious. You got these people that are saying, "Yeah, vote vote for the other side now," because of Trump. And I sit here and I go, "Trump's the only one who's willing to speak honestly about what's really happening here at the border." And they'll say, "Oh, he's a liar because you know he got a number wrong, or he said this, or he said that you know he was changing his mind on that, or whatever." And I say, "Well, on the most important questions, he seems to be the only one who gets it, and the only one who will speak honestly about it." That matters a lot. Matters a lot to me. I, mean, I think it should matter a lot to the whole country, but you know, we're fighting an uphill battle here. That is to be sure. One more thing. One of these parents, uh, Steve uh, Ronaback, who had some words about the president. Remember, this is somebody who lost a child to an illegal immigrant. Okay, His child is gone forever. Not for a few hours. Not didn't have nice enough toys to play with. Gone forever. Killed. Murdered. Here's what Steve Ronaback had to say. Play six. And uh, I want to thank you for that. To me, this is a sign of integrity. I wish some of our media had the same integrity as our president, our vice president, Director Holman, all of you in law enforcement. I wish some of our media had the same integrity. And I want to thank all of you, especially our law enforcement, for what you do. Mr. President, Mr. Vice President, thank you. 63,000 Americans since 9-11 have been killed by illegal aliens. This isn't a problem that's going away. It's getting bigger. Thank you. 63,000 Americans, he says. That's a lot, folks. That's a lot. Lives, families shattered, lives taken away. But, you know, they do the jobs Americans won't do, so let's not talk about it. Oh, okay, thanks, media. As they go back to their gated estates in the suburbs of D.C. or their uh, Park Avenue doorman apartments in New York City, they don't deal with this problem. And they just pretend to care. 844-900-BUCK. You got thoughts on this one? 844-900-2825. We have much, much more coming. Stay right there. The FBI knows this. You should know it, too. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes out there. And it is like credit card theft times 10, my friends. It is so much worse. And I've been through credit card theft before. You feel violated there. Imagine the bad guys, instead of stealing a credit card from you or your number... They get access to your home title information, they replace your name with an alias, and then they take out massive loans against the equity in your home, and you get the payments. And you don't know about this until the payment notices arrive. Folks, it can happen, it does happen. Protect yourself from this. For just pennies a day, Home Title Lock protects my most valuable asset, my family home. Register now for a free analysis and discover if your home's title has been compromised. That's a $60 value, totally free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that is HomeTitleLock.com for a free analysis. We want to tell you a little bit today about Josh. He was uh, brutally tortured 
um, strangled over and over. He was set on fire after death. His last hours were was brutal. As everyone standing up here, none of our kids had a minute to say goodbye. We weren't lucky enough to be separated for five days or ten days. We're separated permanently. Any time we want to see or be close to our kids, we go to the cemetery because that's where they are. We can never speak to them. We can't Skype with them. And I want to thank you so much in this room for what you're doing to understand. You guys know the permanent separation. It's the media that won't share it with other people. Uh, it's permanent. We can never have him back on this, this earth. Thankfully, I'll see him again in heaven. But I want to thank you, Mr. Trump and uh, Vice President Trump for, um, I mean, Vice President Pence for keeping their commitment to us. It's, it's been ongoing. It continues on. And please understand, there are so many more of us than, than what you see here. You hear the other side. You never hear this side. These are the American citizens permanently separated from their loved ones. The word permanently being the word that you have to think about. Permanently. They're not separated for a day or two days. They are permanently separated because they were killed by criminal illegal aliens. These are the families the media ignores. They don't talk about them. These are the stories that Democrats and people that are weak on immigration, they don't want to discuss, they don't want to hear, they don't want to see, they don't want to talk about. No major networks send cameras to their homes or display the images of their incredible loved ones across the nightly news. They don't do that. They don't talk about the death and destruction caused by people that shouldn't be here. People that will continuously get into trouble and do bad things. Heart-wrenching stuff, isn't it? You know, it really affects you when you hear it from these parents. But maybe they want to cover that. When was the last time you saw the uh, the parents of a child lost to violence uh, at the hands of illegal alien MS-13 members on, on uh, a news network that wasn't Fox? I, mean, I can't. Maybe it's happened. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah, Mike hasn't seen it either. Morgan, you've been very patient down in the Gulf Coast, uh, Mississippi. Thanks for calling in. Hey, Buck. Um, Shields High. Shields High. I'm a millennial, and um, I really enjoy listening to you, first of all. I, Thank you. I listen to you when I work, and it, um, I just, this is my first time ever calling in. But uh, I really wanted to touch on the theme of the left going completely out of their minds about this fake narrative of the child separations and everything um i actually got an email my my aunt is a elitist left college professor and uh i actually got an email from her i I work as a seamstress and an artist and what's funny is she actually contacted me asking me to create a costume for a protest that she was going to and she actually wanted me to make the biblical, you know, sackcloth and ashes hmm. for her to wear. And um, she went on to, like, basically just say that, you know, the usual line about how Trump is Hitler. And, you know, she she knows that I'm a Trump supporter. And we've purposely never talked about politics because I just didn't want to go there. Because I know, you know, I know what she believes and I didn't want to be rude to her. But it's. It's true what you're saying about it's not about just disagreeing with your politics. 
it's about casting you as a, a bad person. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the, that is the, that's the tactic. That's the narrative. Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's, it's very destructive by the way. I mean, it's actually over enough time. It really dehumanizes the other side of a, of a political disagreement. This is not good stuff, right? When you start saying that people are bad people because they disagree with you, I reserve that for very, very few subjects, right? If people think that we should have higher taxes and a bigger social welfare state, I say they're wrong. I don't say they're bad. They say I'm right. bad for opposing it, though. <laughs> That's the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for calling in. I appreciate the chance to get the chat with you. Shields high. Dr. Rick, we got about a minute and change, but I want to get your diagnosis of the current craziness. Um, I think it is ab- I think it's absolutely purposeful uh, trying to manipulate people's impressions. I think this is, you know, almost could be psyop. It is that concerning. They are ginning up violence against us. It's not that we think incorrectly; we're evil to them, and this is very concerning. Doc, how do you how do you actually I, test? I mean, what, what's the what are the standards for knowing if someone's actually delusional? Like, how do you how do you walk them through to figure out if someone's delusional? Now you realize um, this is this is a mass delusion, fully a duh, um, with with people in my uh, field and and others. I mean, basically, it's a lack of contact from reality. But, you know, I, I use it tongue-in-cheek because these folks don't have the facts. They're being manipulated, and you can only operate and emote to the facts at hand. And, and the press, over and over again, this gaslighting of, of absolute errors. Um, and no one is, except for Trump. And, by the way, I, I think people like George Will, they're like the Vichy government. Um, this is this is uh, it would be absolutely asymmetrical warfare if it weren't for Trump. We need to bump up our game. Uh, look, I, I think you're right, man. I'm <laughs> I, Trump. Trump is has been incredible so far and the country's doing well. This is so amazing. These people are so angry at Trump. I'm like, they hate all the all the prosperity, the lack of unnecessary wars. And and, you know, well, what's the big problem? I mean, it's like people hate being happy or something. I don't know. Dr. Rick, good to talk to you, man. Thank you. Uh, all right, team, much more coming. Uh Please do download the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton podcast, by the way, if you haven't already. Go in the Apple Store, type search, uh, in the search, the Freedom Hut. Check it out. White House Senior Advisor Stephen Miller, Congressman, reportedly called a fascist when he was out at dinner. Homeland Security Secretary Nielsen accosted while eating out this week. And then speaking of crass behavior, actor Peter Fonda tweeted it in part. I mean, it's horrible to even read this, Congressman. We should rip Baron Trump from his mother's arms and put him in a cage with pedophiles and see if mother will stand up against the giant a-holes she is married to. And then Robert De Niro used the F-word to refer to the president of the United States at the Tony Awards. I mean, this stuff is vile. Are Democrats and the opposition to Trump stooping too low, too? Well, Aaron, when you separate a baby from its breastfeeding mother and put that child in a cage, you're going to see emotion. The president has to be you know, confronted about what he's doing. He has shown no empathy at all on this. The only reason he changed the policy, Aaron, is because it was unpopular, not because it was the wrong thing to do. And it seems that getting the American people to speak up, call their their members of Congress, tweet, show up at rallies. That's the only thing that gets this president's attention. So that's a congressman who's basically saying that all the disgusting stuff the Democrats have been doing in the last week or so kind of justified because, you know, Trump. Isn't it interesting that they don't seem to understand that you can't have no standards and then insist that others have standards? That doesn't work. 
You can't call for decency when you yourself are being consistently, completely indecent. That's what's going on here. You know, calling Stephen Miller a fascist when he's trying to have dinner is not helping anyone or anything. It just reminds Stephen Miller that the opposition is a bunch of lunatics. You know, and I don't even do we we don't have the audio of Kirsten Nielsen outside the house, do we? Because they uh they've they've gathered yeah, they gather together outside of Kirsten Nielsen of DHS. She's the secretary. They got protesters outside her house, and they're blasting the sound of crying babies. You know, essentially doing like a psychological terror operation against her. I mean, this is this is really uh, it's just gross stuff that we're seeing. It's really unacceptable. And the fact that they don't seem to uh, they don't seem to care about this and, and just the, the amount of nastiness that they will justify at this point now is just crazy to me. It's just crazy. Um, you know, so I, I'm really one. Oh, we do have. Oh, yeah. Here, Ted Lou, Representative Lou, he's out there. He's trying to make a big name for himself off of this whole manufactured crisis. Uh, play 13. Imagine being ripped away from your mother or father and not knowing if you're ever going to see them again and then being placed in a detention facility with strangers. What must that sound like? The gentleman will suspend. For what reason, Madam Speaker? The gentleman is in breach of quorum. Cite the rule, Madam Speaker. Rule 17 of the House. The gentleman will suspend. So he's breaking House rules, Congressman Liu, so he can stand on the, on the floor of the House of Representatives and play audio of babies crying. But th- this, is, this is the new Democrat tactic. I've been saying that. Use kids. Use kids as a political weapon to... Pray up, and this is what bothers me about it so much to prey upon the goodwill and kindness and decency of the other side and use it against them. It's one of the favorite things of the of the progressive left, right? You know, don't you want to help poor people? Let everybody camp out on the street in front of your house. Try to walk your eight year old to school while guys are urinating on the street in front of them, and you know, and uh, engaging in all kinds of you know drug use and gross behavior, right? But but don't you care about poor people? Well, wait, I, yeah, I care about poor people, but do I have to, am, am I not allowed to be upset about the open-air homeless shelter outside of my house? Oh, no, you're so mean. You're, this is what they do. This is what they, this is just who they are, folks. This is what the ideology of the Democrat Party has become. And this isn't like we're arguing over, like, what the perfect marginal tax rate is or, you know, h- how, how much health care the government should subsidize for retirees or something. No, no, no. Well, we have split apart culturally in a way that, I just don't think, I don't know. I don't think that this is sustainable over the long term. I really start to worry about this. Because when you have such an acceptance of using children as a, as a political weapon in this way, we saw this with the Parkland kids, now we're seeing it with the babies at the border, and the dishonesty that's around all of this is all premised on, oh, I guess we don't care about kids. I guess, you know, we're not nice the way that they're nice you know the way the democrats are nice and and therefore we're also kind of evil we must be sort of monsters so they should just 
be terrible to us in public and they should uh, shout fascist and shame at us and park outside of our homes and create disturbances. And, well, you know, what about Kirsten Nielsen's family, by the way? Is she allowed to she's she's allowed no peace and quiet for being a government employee who's, who's doing her job? No. By the way, I told you, I've talked to people. I've seen a lot of commentary about this. They're like, not while children are crying at the border. I'm like, what about the children who are crying at the border in the Obama administration? None of this was happening. I mean, that thing I played for you yesterday with that, uh, well, who was that uh, senator from Wisconsin? Just a complete, complete imbecile. I can't remember what her name is right now off the top of my head. But, you know, where she gets asked, did you care about this under Obama? You know, nothing. Nothing, because they don't have answers for this. They don't have, uh, you know, they, they don't have a reasoned argument. They just want to play audio of children crying and say that anyone who doesn't agree with them is mean, is terrible, is nasty. And, you know, I know others have been saying this too, folks. We've already had violence out there as a result of the climate that's been created by the media on this stuff, by the media. And you got, you know, Swalwell, this this member of Congress, who's trying to become a hashtag resistance hero. And, you know, what what is not justifiable in their eyes, in the left's view, when you when it's all about traumatized children? You know, what are they not willing to do? You start asking that question. It gets pretty scary. You know, are they they're willing to protest? Fine. They're willing to shout people down in public who haven't done anything to them. Mm, not fine. They're willing to humiliate people in front of their families uh, in public. Nah, not fine. They're willing to go to people's homes and. Uh, wait outside and try to intimidate them with their families. No, that's not fine. They're willing to write things in the case of Peter Fonda that are completely disgusting. And if if a conservative, had, if anyone on the right had written anything like Fonda did about a member of Obama's family, that person not only would never work in media again, I don't think they'd be employable anywhere. Uh, but the, the the double standard is is obvious to all of us. We see this happening all the time. And I just get so sick of the moral blackmail, right? Can't they just, can't the left just make an argument without it being, you know, why are you so mean? Why are you so terrible? Why don't you care about dead children? Why don't you care about traumatized children? It's like, of course we care about traumatized children and dead children. Why do you use them as props? Why don't you address the fact that your stupid policies, like the Obama administration's, yeah, show up with a kid. Show up with a kid. You know, we'll let you in. That's a really, really bad idea. And as we've been discussing here, put kids in danger. In fact, you could make a very, you could make a very honest and straightforward case that because of the Obama administration's decisions at the border when it came to unaccompanied minors, kids probably die. Do we do we ever talk about the blood on the hands of the Obama administration? Because we, we know there have been kids that have died from exposure in the desert. Kids have been kidnapped. Kids have been. Uh, and by the way, we don't even we're just going based on what we what's been reported. I mean, trust me, there's all kinds of stuff that's happening that we never even get to know about. But they set up this incentive. And what it really was was an incentive for adults to exploit children. The adults being these uh, asylum seekers. And by the way, that's not even, they're illegal aliens. They're not really asylum seekers, okay? All, all that they've done, and by the way, that's another way of exploiting our goodwill and good intentions. Saying, oh, I'm here for asylum. No, just because your country is crappy doesn't mean you get to claim asylum. That's just, that's not how it works. There are a lot of crappy countries in the world. 
And if everybody from a crappy country gets to claim asylum in this country, this country will eventually also be a crappy country. Because our political union, our political culture will, over time, dissolve. It's unsustainable. If people just show up, break the law, doesn't matter, don't care, and you know, we have no shared history of, of language, no shared history of rule of law, no shared history of Americanness. Man, it's been it's just been a week of a week of out and out propaganda from the left. It really has. And I, I am frustrated at how effective they've been in getting us off that IG report. You know, I, I talked about the IG report a fair amount here, but that the deep state, my friends, is real. It is it is proven now. Okay, you had the most powerful people, the Department of Justice and the FBI, working for Hillary and against Trump during an election. That's what happened. And that narrative somehow doesn't really, you know, it hasn't really gotten out there. It's been suppressed. It's been glossed over. And this is the problem. Democrats, because they have no scruples, they're really good at propaganda. Because they'll say anything that's useful to them, and then they'll just move on to something else the next day. They manage to do a lot of brainwashing of the public. We moved on that uh, from that IG report quick. So we could talk about this crisis that's been largely manufactured and that has also involved a lot of half-truths and exaggeration. Not the least of which, as we've as we've been discussing, is that some of the imagery that's at the very forefront of this entire movement, some of the imagery is, if not fake, at least misleading. It's misleading. See, this is what the, the, one of the things the fake news has been doing more and more of now is. Don't go with all-out fabrication because you have to retract stories. That looks bad even for the fake news, even for CNN. Go with misleading things. You know, go with, oh, it's Trump, like the whole border situation is Trump's fault. I saw that on CNN this week. You know, that was a, in, the, in the bottom of the screen. You know, well, you know, Trump reversing his bad policy was basically what they were saying. I forget what the exact wording was. And, and I mean, is that... Can you prove that they're completely wrong on that? No, but the point is that they're not letting anybody figure out that the Obama administration was the one that actually set in motion this chain of of events that led to these kids seeking asylum. And just the whole, the whole situation is, has been so misreported, and it's so the whole thing's so dishonest. It really makes me angry. Immigration, though, we there is an institutional media bias toward lying when it comes to immigration. This is what they do. Their their neutral position on immigration or or their just neutral reporting line is use words that are misleading, use falsehoods, just lie your butts off. That's what the media does on this topic. All right. Uh, we actually have a, uh, a, a guest joining us in a moment who is a, a sponsor of the show. Going to tell us about his book. So uh, stay with me for that. Hey, team, you know that uh, we have been talking to you about a, a wonderful sponsor here on the show, and it's actually a, a novel, the novel Anubis, that uh, is the latest work of Eric Anderson, who is a, a former undercover U.S. intelligence agent. He has joined us now, live here on the phone, to talk to us about his opus. Eric, great to have you, man. Thanks for calling in. Good to be on, Buck. I appreciate your time. So first, just tell me a little bit about your background, because I, I think you may be my, uh, my my brother from another mother, so to speak, in terms of what we've done in life. Tell me where you come from. You know, I, I chuckle. I tell people I'm a failed academic. I finished my doctorate at the University of Missouri, taught for a couple of years, and walked out the door. Uh, and when I walked out the door, the Air Force hired me to be an intelligence officer. 
And after 10 years of active duty, I got picked up by the intelligence community in Washington, D.C., and spent the last 14 years holding hands with them in various guises. Uh, so I, I've had a, an interesting career, to say the least. All right. Sounds interesting to me, for sure. Uh, so tell me a bit about this book, Anubis, which we've been talking about on the show here. You've got a, a president's dead. you got ISIS attacking. How, tell me a bit about the story, and then we'll talk about how you came up with it. Hey, what I'm trying to do is push people into thinking about ISIS and the way that it evolves outside of the, the standard newspaper dialogue that we get, where it's we've defeated them, they're on the run, they're going out of Syria, and therefore they won't be a problem any longer. We win. And what I'm doing instead is suggesting that we have something that's morphing into what I would call a stage four cancer. And that is, it, it has spread throughout the, the globe, is immediately contactable via the internet, and can be used to target anything from the Washington Mall to the cities of Paris, Berlin, and Bonn. Uh, and so you have a very, very unpleasant situation on your hands. What do you think about the state of ISIS today, if I may ask? you feel like it's going to rebound soon, or you think that we've got it pretty well suppressed right now under the Trump administration? <laughs> I think that the Trump administration is living in delusion if it believes that they've got ISIS at hand. You know, the, the, the comment that I make to people is you have almost an endless recruiting potential here uh, in that you have, you know, the Chinese refer to their 100 years of humiliation from the opium wars till the time that Mao takes over the country in 1948. The Islamic faith, I would argue, has suffered a thousand years of humiliation, starting with the Crusades through this present day, and it makes for ripe uh, recruiting materials. And, and there are a fair number of young men and young women who have nothing else to do but to go forth and try to bring honor back to their their face. And this is where ISIS stands. Uh, so while we can claim that we've bombed them into oblivion in Raqqa, in Syria, we, we certainly have not eliminated all the various talent pools that are sitting out there who have been recruited, have been trained, and are just simply being waited, wait, told, go execute a mission. Are folks going to learn a lot about things that are actually going on if they read Anubis? What do you want people to take away from your work? What I want people to take away from the work is, that one, that this isn't shades of black and white. This is 500 shades of gray. Uh, and I've, I've spent a lot of time going through, for instance, Mr. Baghdadi, who is the, the Caliph Ibrahim, the, the man who is the, the head of ISIS, as best we know, and, and has self-proclaimed that. But it's not because he's evil incarnate, but rather because he, he has his own objectives that he seeks to accomplish, and he believes that he's doing so in an honorable manner. Uh, and it, if it leaves us wanting, that's something you need to take into consideration. And we are, in some senses, we are no better. We, we play the game with an equal affinity for hardball. Uh, and so what we can destroy from 5,000 feet in the area, flying a drone out of Idaho or out of uh, the uh, location just north of, Sol or of uh, Las Vegas, the, the ISIS continuum uh, can accomplish by setting loose its jihadi warriors anyplace on the planet. All right. Our sponsor this hour, folks, Anubis, the novel. You can check it out. We have the uh, author. We uh, just joined us now, Eric Anderson, Anubis, uh, available on Amazon.com or at DunBooks.com. Eric, thank you for stopping by the hut. No, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Team Hour 3, coming up.
If you want to succeed in business and you want to protect yourself from making bad decisions that can really hurt your bottom line, you need the best info possible about new hires, about prospective tenants, about possible business partners. You need background investigations and vetting you can count on that you can trust. Global Verification Network can handle all of your needs. They work with startup companies all the way up to the biggest companies in the country. They're also independently certified as a veteran-owned small business, federally certified as a veteran-owned small business as well. You should check them out, my friends. You will see that the quality of service and their protection of your data and the way they handle their cases is the best in the industry. Go to mygvn.com. That's mygvn.com or call 877-695-1179. That's 877-695-1179. Pretty big Supreme Court decision came down today, folks. Uh, It's going to affect one of those things I've been telling you about for quite a while. Has to do with can they track your GPS locational information based on where your phone is pinging off of a cell tower. And as of now, by a 5-4 decision, turns out that Supreme Court says, no, in fact, it can't just be uh, a, a... Reasonable suspicion, sometimes they have different terminology for this, but lower than probable cause. Uh, it means that they, they they can't just say, you know, we'd like to know where this person was so we can know where this person was, because that had been the law enforcement standard previously. Now, I'm going to tell you something. My friends in law enforcement, and, and I worked alongside some of them for a period at the NYPD on counterterrorism-specific cases, but similar tactics are often used for counterterrorism cases, as you see on Uh, Big drug cases, uh, major white collar conspiracies, even Uh, what ended up happening was that or what ends up happening is that they will bring somebody in. And they want to know who's going to lie to them. They want to know who is going to lie. And a great way to do that is just to test somebody. And by the way, I'm not giving away anything here, right? especially because they can't do this anymore without a warrant. Uh, This is this is very, very well known. But they can sit you down and say. You know, so where were you Tuesday night? We're just wondering if you can help us put where this other guy is, you know, and so they make it seem like you're not really under suspicion. So, hey, can you tell us where, you know, last Tuesday, were, were, did you see Bob at this place or, or were you at home? And you go, oh, no, I didn't see Bob because it's all about him, right? I was at home. They know you weren't at home. They've already pulled your locational information. And the moment that they know that you lie about it, then they, then they just drill down from there. Then they know to focus resources on you and get you. So it's a really use it's a really useful tool for law enforcement uh, to have this. But in our digital era, with all the privacy concerns that exist, uh, they decided that the Supreme Court decided with uh, Roberts joining the liberals on the court. The conservatives actually were opposed to this one. Uh, they decided you actually need to get a warrant to track someone's phone. And I, I got to tell you, I think that the. I think that the pendulum swinging back in the direction of privacy is generally a good thing. Um, I I tend to be someone who feels like there's way too much information on all of us that's out there, and it's now become too accessible for law enforcement. And when you think back to the founding and how the founders viewed things like general warrants, which you you could have taken the position with the British under the British crown— What's the problem with the general warrant? They're just going to come and look at your stuff. If you're not breaking the law, there's no, there's no issue, right? But a general warrant was 
particularly for customs houses in Boston and the colonies, they can just look through all your stuff. They can just do a fishing expedition. So that was one of the main beefs that we had with the Brits when we decided to tell uh, King George to send himself packing, or, or we sent him packing. Uh, thanks, GW. Anyway, this is, I think, a good thing, and uh, it's one of these rare times when I, uh, when I feel like I'm, I'm actually with the, actually agreeing. Well, Roberts went with me on this one, but uh, the libs were the ones that, that I think agree with me. You know, because we, we want there to be certain hurdles in place for uh, tracking people, and you know, when you start think, think about it this way. Given what we've seen with the FBI, and given what we've also found out about the uh, you know the IRS, this whole McCain McCain staffer who said you know I want you to well he wanted the IRS in a meeting with the IRS to just annihilate all these basically Tea Party groups right these political groups that had that sprung up five hundred one c threes and don't you want there to be greater hurdles for the use of law enforcement power against you? I think, or at least some pretty secure hurdles in place for the use of law enforcement power against you. I just think that's a good idea. I think that it's become far too easy to get way too much information on all of us. I know some of you are going to disagree with me on this. And I look, I understand that this is a very, very useful, um, a very, very useful law enforcement tool, as I was saying to you. It's, it's just one of the easiest things ever. All you have to do is figure out who's lying to you, and then you know you got something. And if, when you can find out when someone's... Uh, oh, and by the way, you also can figure out everyone who's in the area. So if someone gets shot somewhere, you know what you can do? Pull all the phone data. Who was near there? Any, you know, and, um, you'd be, you'd be, Actually, you wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people that are willing to shoot people uh, don't leave their phones at home. They, they're, they, don't, they don't think this one through. You know, they're not, they're not highly trained assassins, and so... You know, you, you could just pull the phone data for around the shooting was, and you get a pretty good sense of who's around. By the way, that's how this happened. They they got this guy on armed robberies. I think one was in Ohio, and the other one was in another state, and they were just pulling phone data, and they tracked him down. So, it, it, look, it's, but now you're going to say, okay, well, can they get a warrant for the phone data in area and drill down from there? I mean, I think that there are ways now to still, they're still going to use the technology, and I would note for... Uh, for emergency situations, the abduction of a child, a life or death situation, they, they still can just pull the phone data. So that stays in place. This is just for investigatory purposes. Uh, this is still... Uh, and, and so that's why it really just means there's another another check on this one. Uh, you know, another check on this one. So that's something I think is good. Here's from the uh, the Chief Justice Roberts here uh, speaking or not speaking, writing on this one. Quote, a person, this is from the majority opinion, Carpenter v. United States, a person does not surrender all Fourth Amendment protection by venturing into the public sphere. To the contrary, what one seeks to preserve as private, even in an area accessible to the public, may be constitutionally protected. A majority of the court has already recognized that individuals have a reasonable expectation of privacy in the whole of their physical movements. Prior to the digital age, law enforcement might have pursued a suspect for a brief stretch, but doing so for any extended period of time was difficult and costly and therefore rarely undertaken. For that reason, society's expectation has been that law enforcement agents and others would not, and indeed in the main simply could not, secretly monitor and catalog every single movement of an individual's car for a very long period. Uh, allowing government access to cell site records contravenes that expectation. 
Yep. I, I agree with Roberts here. I think this is the, I think this is the right move. Because this just means that the government can know where you are all the time for all reasons. By the way, don't think they're just going to use this to stop kidnappings and robberies and murders. Oh, no. You know who else could use this information? IRS. What states were you doing business in? Yeah? You say, Buck, but I, I never lie to the IRS. Well, of course, neither do I. But you know what the thing with the IRS is? They can pull information. They can make your life miserable. And I know people they've done this to. And just keep having you prove where were you? Where were you when you did this? Were you in this state or that state? You give them more information. Were you in this state or that state? You give them more information. They can pull cell site records that make your life difficult. You know, they, It's just there should be a higher level of scrutiny for being able to know every movement, which is what cell tower records allow, every movement that a person engages in. So I think this is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's going to change stuff, though. By the way, you know they used to be able to, on reasonable suspicion, get your email if it was older than 90 days, too? I tell people that, and their their minds are always blown. They could get your emails, folks, because older than 90 days weren't protected. See, you have to update these digital privacies or else there are no digital. There is no digital privacy. Uh, so, you know, I think... Uh, here we go. A little victory for a uh, little victory for personal liberty, if I may say so. There you go. It's exciting stuff. Uh, so, so we got that going for us. I got a lot more coming your way, team. We're going to talk about Mick Mulvaney and budgets, but it's going to be fun. Mick goes wild. He's in fuego after this break. I've just got some new nylon apparel coming in next week. I'm very excited to wear it around the office here and show people that I not just support a great veteran-owned and operated company but also like to show a little bit of pro-America flair around the office. Nine Line Apparel makes fantastic gear. It is a patriotic lifestyle brand for all of your T-shirts and hoodies and polos and whatever gear you want, check out Nine Line, get it from them. It is top quality. It's done here in the States. And they're also taking stands on issues with their designs and with their company motto that will be in line with so much of what you believe and so much of what you care about. Visit NineLineApparel.com. Use the coupon code BUCK20 to save 20% off. Again, 9-N-I-N-E, LineApparel.com. Coupon code BUCK20 to save 20% off your next order. Check it out. One of my favorite people in this administration is Mick Mulvaney. That guy, he is like a numbers Super nerd, you know, he really gets into it. He gets fired up over trying to just trim the budget here and there. You know, it's it's good stuff. I got to say, usually I would think the guy who's in charge of OMB would be among the most boring human beings on the planet. Like there was a there was a movie made in France many years ago, and it was all it was based on who could bring the most boring guest to a dinner. And, and it turned into a competition who could bring the most boring person to this dinner party. And then I think they tried to make a, they made an American remake of it called Dinner for Schmucks later on, which was not um, not good from what I recall seeing a little bit of it on HBO. Anyway, Mulvaney would not be invited to the boring dinner because he's actually he's actually got he's got some game when he's talking about numbers, rolling up his sleeves, putting on the green eye shade, looking into all of it. You know, he's uh, he's a fun dude. He he talked today. In front of, a, they had a drain the swamp cabinet meeting. I mean, he even called it that. And he went on a tear about government regulation and just how crazy it is that I think you could only describe as epic. Play 14, please. Mr. President, um, a lot of folks around this table have worked a long time, almost since you took over, uh, to, to show you what's, uh, to, to, to get you where you are today at this meeting. I call this the 
drain the swamp cabinet meeting. I know we talked about that during the campaign. You've talked about it since you've been here. Today is we're introducing uh, the actual actions that follow up on those words. No, it's the other way around. I always get these backwards. If you make a cheese pizza, it's governed by the Food and Drug Administration. If you put a pepperoni on it, that's governed by the USDA. If you have a chicken, it's governed by the USDA. If that chicken lays an egg, it's governed by the FDA. But if you break the egg and make it into an omelet, that is now covered again by the USDA. If you have an open-faced roast beef sandwich, that's one or the other. But you put, a, put the bread on top of it, it's the other one. A hot dog, the hot dog meat is governed by one. You put it in a bun, it's governed by another. One of my favorites, uh, the, if you have a saltwater fish, you have a salmon, and it's in the ocean, it's governed by the Department of Commerce. Once it swims up river, it's governed by the Department of Interior, and to get there, it has to go up a fish ladder governed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Um, this is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. I like it. I like it. You know, he's dropping dropping knowledge bombs about pepperoni pizzas and, and whether cheese pizza is, you know, all these different departments, the Army Corps engineers and their role in the lives of migratory salmon, you know, all this stuff. That's he, he, but he's illustrating the point, right? You have all these different government agencies. So there's this budget that you know, this people get bored. You're like, Buck, it's Friday. You're talking about budget. Yeah, I'm talking about the budget because you look at all these government agencies and the the, the knee jerk reaction you get from a, from the left, from Democrats, anytime you talk about even streamlining agencies, so just like merge two agencies together and try to make it more efficient, they think that you are. Trying, you're, you're, you're destroying civil society and, and you're an anarchist. You know, the moment you talk about any of this stuff, I mean, the fact that they don't even know, I'm sure, the history uh, of where these agencies came from, how new many of them are. You know, Jimmy Carter put a whole bunch of these in action. You know, Lyndon Johnson put some of these in action. You, you look at where these things come from. I think Lyndon Johnson was EPA and you look at Department of Education and I think that was Carter, but don't quote me on that. But these agencies are creations of the last, call it 50 or so, 40 or 50 years. That's a blip on the radar, folks. People act like, you know, George Washington crossed the Delaware and was like, whoa, whoa, everybody, before we do this whole thing with the British, let's just be clear. Got to have a Department of Commerce and a Department of Agriculture. Let's not mix the two together. You know, it just strikes me as as nuts. So this is where you see the ideology at work. People go with what the, you know their their impulse is based upon their ideological predisposition. So if you're somebody who is a Democrat, the government solves problems. The government is your friend. The government wants to give you a big warm hug. Oh, hello, government! I've missed you. Then you don't want these agencies streamlined. Then you actually don't believe that efficiency is something we should strive for and govern. You actually like the flabby folds of of bureaucracy that can get a bit chafed because nothing's really going on except the flab rubbing against the flab gross image i know but you understand what i'm saying people like the you know the more government employees the better they're all going to be solidly middle class in terms of their wages and solidly democrat in terms of their voting and that's the truth of the federal bureaucracy that's the truth of the government system we have and it's why they're so protective of the department of education and and all, the, and all these other agencies. And Mulvaney's thinking about streamlining. But it's a real problem for businesses. You know, I have an entrepreneur in my family, and, and he tells me about the stuff that he has to deal with. And I just look at him like, I, I don't get it. You know, you're having to write checks 
to deal with you know this state taxing authority, that state regulatory authority, because you know even if you don't have to write them a check for some kind of government it's hand in your pocket, you have to write a check to lawyers to deal with the regulation, to sign off on the paperwork. That It's just a nightmare. And once you start looking at licensing requirements in different states and the whole, the whole thing, the whole it just so much of it strikes me as a scam. Uh, and, and people just don't really, they don't really understand that this is not good. It's not good for the economy. By the way, uh, I, I, just caught, I just caught a glimpse because we've got a video feed here set up so I can always see my, my team in New York. I caught a glimpse of the one and only, the, the unofficial official Team Buck mascot known as Cash. Who Who is he named for again? Some kind of a boxer or something? What is it? Well, his technical name is uh, Cash Clubber Lang after uh, Clubber Lang in Rocky. Oh, okay. Rocky yeah. Dre. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I won the name of Clubber Lang, but he they had already given him the name Cash, and it, he was sort of responding to it, so I felt bad changing his name. Was this like a marketing ploy? Like, they wanted to sell you a dog, and so they just called him Cash to kind of get inside your head? Like <laughs> Maybe. Was, like, I don't know. I thought the name sort of was cool, and he responded to it, and you know, right, it was a rescue. And... You know what's weird? In my building that I'm moving into in D.C., they ban Bernice Mountain Dogs, huh. along with, like, pit bulls and Rottweilers and things like that. I'm like... I, Bernice Mountain, they're like sweethearts. I don't yeah. know. I guess it's a size thing, but there are other big dogs. What I'm saying here is there's a lot of, lot of dog discrimination in some of these buildings, you know? Yeah. You know, pit bulls, by the way, now, really hard to get them into a lot of buildings. Uh, yeah. they, they're just people People freak out about it now. And, what, you know, Miss Molly's family has a pit bull that yeah. she rescued off the street from a cardboard box, and she go, she does not like it when people say pit because he is a sweetheart. He does not like it when people say pit bulls are mean. Yeah, it doesn't help. Then you see these stories that just surface every once in a while, and it's, it's always a pit bull. Dude, when you hang out with Molly, like you can't tell her that she's she's like those are just the bad ones. You can't judge all pit bulls by the mean ones. Uh-huh. And dude, I know. I, look, I get it. But... When you when you look at when you look at the the, the scary dog attack stories out there, uh, it's there are really three breeds that come up. Again and again and again, and it's pit bulls, German shepherds, and Rottweilers. See the one on the York subway like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I heard about that. It's messed up. But not nearly as... I mean, none of this is as scary as the 24-foot-long python that ate somebody. You saw that, right? This is like the stuff of my nightmares. I I did not see that, but... Yeah, dude, check it out. You won't sleep tonight. It's the scary... Because they have video. They have video of the python. Like, you see the... It's, dude, it's not... Do not, if you got kids, guys, don't let them see this. This is not like the Jungle Book. It is not all cute cartoon stuff. It is... Look, this woman died. This python constricted her but then it swallowed her whole and it's on video Ter- terrifying things these are the important conversations the ones that we have on fridays guys these are the ones that these are the ones that really matter so uh somehow i got stuck on pit bulls and pythons i was talking to you about the budget of mick mulvaney point here is government is not the perfect size right now and trying to shrink government does not mean you're an anarchist who hates all government but just watch how they all the democrats all lose their minds on mick mulvaney and I'm hoping to get Mick on our uh, on rising soon. We're actually we're making uh, some some uh, inquiries about that. And those of you who are original uh, real news fans from back in the Blaze days, by the way, I'm I'm trying to get the band back together and get as many of our old real news friends and guests as possible to uh, join to join in on the new show Rising TV. Oh, I'm sorry, Hill. Gosh, Buck, you got to know your own URL. Hill TV slash Rising. Uh, most important thing right now, though, is that you all download the Freedom Hut podcast. Darn it. It's on Apple, in the Apple Store. Freedom Hut 
podcast with Buck Sexton. Check it out. Be right back. The show ain't over yet, folks. It's time for Roll Call. Indeed it is. A double Roll Call because it's Friday, and I like to hear from all of you extra, extra special amounts on Friday. And it's a gloomy, rainy, crappy weather day here in the swamp. So there's that. Plus, I don't know if you saw this story, but there are like thousands of bottles of bourbon that were destroyed in some kind of a bourbon factory collapse. So that's very sad. That's very sad. But this is going to put me in a good mood now. We're getting into the roll call. Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton in the roll call. By the way, if you're listening to this, please do download the Freedom Hut with Buck Sexton. It is available on iTunes. Producer Mike, is it up on is it up on Stitcher yet? Did we get it on Stitcher? We're going to. Not not yet. That will not be up there yet. this weekend. <sighs> Gosh, uh, somebody needs a code red. All right, so we're going to get this done. We're going to get this done. Oh, gosh, what's it like? You take the soap bar, you put it in the pillowcase, right? That way it's like only internal damage. Anyway, good talk, Buck. We're going to get it up there, folks. Stitcher and all the other platforms, too. I I just felt really strongly we had to get it up this week, and uh, the more numbers we get, the more interest we'll have from the folks that uh, make decisions about, you know, putting it on platforms and all that other good stuff. Resource decision. So please, the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton, go check it out. It's also, uh, I'll, I'll put another link today up on my Facebook page to it uh, so that we have that. Mike, actually, can we do that? Can we throw, throw it on the Facebook page while I'm here on the air before I forget? All righty. For roll call now, we have Jeffrey writes, uh, Hey, Buck, I really like your show. I would like to let you know you're doing a better job of keeping your mouth close to the mic. Okay, thank you. Uh, but also, I'm sorry, you're a wimp on Hill TV. Come on, toughen up. <sighs> Jeffrey, I, you know, man, look, you're completely entitled to your opinion, and, and if you want if you want a throwdown, we, th- we, that is not the mission of the show, okay? I'm sitting next to a far-left progressive female who's a, who's a friend and a very good person. We're trying to have political conversations across the aisle. If I show up every morning and I'm like, well, that's just crazy, the show is going to blow up in my face. It's not going to be fun to watch. Right? You, can't do, you can't do a daily show with somebody where you're trying to crush their argument. You can try to win the argument, but you can't try to crush the argument. So look, if it's not for you, it's not for you, my friend. I, I, I just hope you keep listening to the radio show because here we do crush. We crush the lib. We crush them. That's, that's what we do. I kind of miss Borat. I thought Borat was a great character, and it went away. he went away way too fast. I think part of the reason he went away is because everybody was running around. Every frat bro in the country was running around like, my name is Borat. You know, it was, it's kind of an easy accent to do, and so everybody, you know. I will take power. Um, one thing I always thought was interesting about the Borat phenomenon was that no one seemed to recognize that uh, Kazakhstan is a Muslim-majority country. But it never touched upon the fact that Borat, you would have to, I think you would assume, most likely, come, came from, I mean, I know it's a fake character, right? But he kind of he kind of was able to pull it off and get away uh, with what I think would today get him into some trouble. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Brian writes, I went to your stomping grounds for Father's Day. I saw Springsteen on Broadway and Black Panther on the plane. Great entertainment to support our wonderful president. I stayed in the Trump Towers. And for Father's Day breakfast, the family next to me stated loudly, if it wasn't for this restaurant, 
uh, they would be very, very opposed to Trump. What is that? His employees should. Okay, Brian, thank you. I'm glad you had fun in New York. Much appreciated. Uh, Rachel writes, congrats on Hill.TV. Been watching when I can. Good info. Not quite sure I like your co-host, but I'm obviously biased. Love the office space reference. He he he. Also, your Obama impression yesterday made me crack up. Shields high, friend. Rachel, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, you can always hear Obama anytime you want on the Buck Saxton show. That's what he does. He shows up and he speaks like this really slowly. And everyone thinks it's brilliant because that's what Obama does. And he likes this. And like this. There you go. Uh, obviously exaggerating that one a little bit at the end. Uh, all righty. What do we have next here? We have Michael. Michael writes to us, just figured out how you can do both jobs and work less. Since you're now effectively a TV anchor, why not work like one? Come in 30 minutes before air, drink your coffee, get your makeup done, get your scripts, head to set, get a couple hours more sleep. And also your jacket's back on. What's up with that? You know, Michael, we're, we're, we're trying different stuff with the wardrobe. Also, I, I still have to move some of my clothing from New York to uh, D.C. Uh, as to the anchor, yeah, I agree. Most most TV news anchors, it's like the easiest. It's a hard job to get, but it's the easiest job in the world to do. So, yeah. I don't know if I could get away with, with it fully, but it's worth a shot. Uh, Kelly. Right. So wasn't it just a month ago that the left was saying that MS-13 aren't animals and according to Jory Reid, the only people who ever heard of them were Fox News watchers? Well, now we have an immigration crisis. And guess what? Here's an article from NBC citing MS-13 violence as one of the reasons people are fleeing certain countries and headed for the U.S. So is MS-13 real now? Because they say they are. And are MS-13 animals now? Kelly, you're, I mean, the, the way the media treats the MS-13 phenomenon, they, there's a lot of there's a lot of politics around whether they will cover it, how often they will cover it. They don't find it an interesting story. See, here's the thing. The liberal media thinks that when you cover MS-13, you are maligning all immigrants. The rest of us think when you cover MS-13, you're telling a story about vicious crime that's going on in cities and towns across the country that people need to know about, and you're showing that there is a downside to unrestricted or only uh, moderately restricted illegal immigration. Um, so that's how we see it. And also facts. We, we like the facts because that's if, if it's happening and it's a story, we should hear about it. It shouldn't be suppressed because people don't like to tell the narrative. So that's what that's where I come down on that one. Uh Jen writes, hey, Buck, can I be honest with you? Well, Jen, you're writing to me on roll call, so sure. I am so sick of the immigration conversation. We all know this isn't Trump's mess, and this is really a ploy by the Dems to hijack the media coverage off the IG hearing, which is working, by the way. Can we move on now? I love your show. Thanks for all you do. P.S. I think the Dems are going to highlight health care next in an effort to sweep the midterms. Uh, Jen, I think you are right, and there was a, the, the timing of the story... Because uh, this was all manufactured. The, the stuff going on at the border has been going on for, for months. But it all came to a head at the same time. I wonder how that happened, right? Trust me, these people, these networks, the executives who run them, the journalists who are their main writers, they, they all talk to each other. Um, and we did lose sight of the IG story because of all the immigration stuff this week. That That is a thing that happened, which is frustrating to me, I can assure you. 
So there you have it. Um, but yeah, Jen, we'll keep, you know, the immigration stories is important because even if we don't want to talk about it, it kind of puts us on uh, defense. And so you got to fight back. And there you have it. Next up here, we have Jason, who writes, good idea for a Trump campaign ad. Lots of clips of Democrats speaking out against immigration, like your montage. Throw in the Nancy Pelosi bit during the Obama administration, then followed up with Trump saying, I'm glad we all finally agree. Yeah, I, I look, I, I think, right, I mean, Producer Mike, Nancy Pelosi is a very effective advocate for vote, for vote GOP in the fall. I think she's doing a great job for us. Mike's, yeah. a, Nancy, Mike's a Nancy fan. He thinks No, I'm not. He, 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 reminds, he reminds Mike of this nice old lady who lived down the street. <laughs> yeah. I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, but you think she's good for the I think she's good for the Republicans. No doubt. I hope she keeps going. Um I hope Hillary keeps going. Um the more they talk, the more votes we get. I love it. I think it's absolutely the case. So, we'll see we'll see what ends up happening. Uh you know, I will t- uh, well, stories for another stories for, I've got some Pelosi stories for another day. I don't have time for them right now. Got to keep you guys on the edge of your seat. Keep keep you uh engaged. Next up we have Hey, I decided to check out Nine Line Apparel. But none of these codes were accepted by the website. You might want to check on that. Um, yo, what's going on? Do we not have a... We, Producer Mike, he's saying that we don't have a buck 20 for 20% off. Are we not have a... Do we not have a discount code anymore? Did we get... Do, did our discount code get pulled? We got to figure this out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll check into it. Though. Yeah, well, hey, Jeremy, thanks for the heads yeah. up. Yeah, look, Nine Line, I mean, the, the, the gear is great anyway. But yeah, we, we do like it when Team Buck gets credit. And that's that's why whenever I tell you to please put in that discount code, it's so important because that shows our ad partner that you folks heard about them here and are taking action based on this show um, and getting a great product in the process. So we'll make sure we look into that. And also, uh, Jeremy says he wrote to Feedback and Investor Hour and Shields High. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Guys, we're going to take a quick uh, pause here. We're going to come right back with so much more Roll Call. It's the best way to get ready and rocking for your weekend. Stay with me. All right, and we're back with more of the Roll Call. Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton if you want that Roll Call action. Also, uh, please do follow the page. It's a fun place for us to post all kinds of things, and we will continue doing that. All right, um, we have TJ who writes, whoa, here we go. Awesome rising episode this morning, but wait, does that John Yarmouth guy actually think that Social Security and Medicare are sustainable entitlements? They will be the death of this nation. No amount of new workers will ever offset the destruction that those two entitlements have caused to our national debt. I know this is one thing that Trump will never touch, unfortunately, but what are the chances we actually do something productive about this in the near future? Get rid of one or both of these entitlements. Financially speaking, this is one of the biggest conversations that come up between my wife and I. When we talk about saving for our retirement, we do not, uh, we do not plan on having Social Security as a supplement. Honestly, at this point, I'd be happy with closing it for people born after a certain year and getting back maybe an uh, eighth to a quarter of what I put into it, if that means we get rid of it. Uh, yeah, man, TJ, it's you know, entitlements. No one wants to touch them because politically they're popular, but the, the, the problem is you can't hide from math. No, numbers don't lie, you know? Scoreboard don't lie, right, Mike? Scoreboard don't lie. Sometimes I talk to Mike, and he's like in the midst of making sure the rest of the show is working smoothly, and it's really unfair you know, because it has this mode. It's like when you're in a like a forum class, you know, in a, you're in the auditorium in college and the professor's like looking around the room. And when you're taking notes, and he's like, Mr. Michael, 
What do you think about that thing I just said? Which I know you did not hear because you were writing something down on your notepad. Or I guess now. I, I just shake my head. I'm like, yep. Yep, that's right. Whatever I, whatever. That's why I usually go to Mike. I go, hey, producer Mike, right? Right? He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm running your phones, your social media, the, the, the show, dealing with affiliates, all these things. But thanks for throwing random things my way on a Friday afternoon on the fly. Mike, you can handle it, though. That's the thing. Mike's a radio, Mike's a radio ninja, as is Brandon. Brandon's really our, our, Brandon and John are our resident DJs. They're just spinning discs of freedom, manning the control room. Uh, so that's it, man. We're, we're, th- we're a three-man band here. We're a three-man band. Uh, all right, next up here we have Lev, who writes, Dear Buck, love the Freedom Hut, love Commie Bear. As an, evil, uh, as an immigrant from the evil empire, he is my favorite. I proudly wear a Commie Bear t-shirt that I had for years since you've been on the blaze. Shields high, Lev. Well, Lev, thank you so much. Commie Bear is back, baby. He, the, the Freedom Hut is his new home, and so I'm looking forward to uh, getting that going and building that out. So there you have it. Uh, and thank you for that, by the way. And please do, please do share that podcast, guys. We're showing some pretty strong numbers. It'll grow as we do more episodes of the show, but I, I want that to be a real signature of what we're doing here because I can really experiment, have some fun with it. Um, and it's one of these things where, as I've been telling you, the more, the more folks know about it, the more folks download it, the more stuff I can do in it because I can draw in resources from this show for that podcast. Uh, so that's, that's just how these things work these days. That's the reality of this digital world we live in. James, next up here. In response to, uh-oh, your last night's show, when you were talking about liberals saying Americans won't do the jobs that illegals will do, uh, they are wrong to your last caller's response. I clean toilets at a health care clinic, I've been cleaning at, uh, and I've been at cleaning jobs for years. The Democrats are liars about saying Americans do not want to do the jobs that illegals would do. I listen to you every night on your radio show, and you remind me of Mark Levin. His show used to be on, but you took his spot when it replayed uh, at 8 p.m. in WGY uh, in New York. I love listening to all the conservatives talk because they point out the facts. It is sad how much all the liberals are going crazy, and they sure do have a mental disorder, and we are trying to give the help they need, but they cannot handle the doctor's orders, which is reality. Shields high, but keep up the good work and drain the swamp. Hashtag CNN sucks. James, great message. I thought maybe I was going to get somebody to get mad at me for saying that Americans will do. But James is like, no, no, not just will Americans do jobs. He's doing a job that needs to be done, right? People need cleaning, custodial. These are, these are professions that people get paid to do. These are necessary roles in our lives. And this notion that they're only go- these are jobs that are only going to be done by illegals, working in kitchens, cleaning up. Uh, you know, landscaping work, construction work. It's just not true. It's just not true, but they keep saying it. And I also think there's a bit of sneering from the, the coastal elites about, well, you know, Americans won't do those jobs and, and, and shouldn't do those jobs. Like, no, actually. You know, doing, doing any job where you are providing a service, you know, an honest service in return for, uh, for a, a decent wage is an honorable thing. And I think that that's lost among the coastal elites and certainly among the overpaid pompous uh, media pundit set going on TV and making millions of dollars to do a job that they could. So that's really an amazing thing of the economics of TV news. You've got these people that have shows. CNN comes to mind. You could replace them tomorrow. The ratings would be the same. Nobody cares. So these guys aren't worth millions of dollars. They're just paid that because the people that run the organization are like, yeah, we'll give you millions of dollars. Monica, next up here, she writes, 
bacon. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, I think this is a great way to get your attention. Uh, you said today you need to catch up on the Civil War. I thought about the Shelby Foot books. Shields High from Team Buck Okinawa. Well, thank you, Monica. I will check that out. And yes, bacon does get my attention. You are correct. Carrie. Hey, Buck. I'm not the language police, but I agree with listener Du, who brought up the use of the crude word friggin'. I vote against using this as a substitute for the F word as it's basically the same. Colonel Jeff Cooper used to say profanity is a sign of a weak mind. With your great vocabulary, I know you can express yourself without vulgarity. Keep bringing the truth. Shields high. No, I'm sorry. I, I Look, uh, uh, you are absolutely, uh, uh, Joey, you're entitled to your opinion. Got to say I disagree on this one. You know, if I say, you know, sugar, honey, iced tea, that's not the same as saying the word, dude. I don't know. You know, if you say, um, ah, there's a whole bunch, you know, kick him in the butt. That's different than the other thing you could say. So I, I got to disagree here. But we'll leave it there for now. Thank you, team, for joining. See you on Monday. Shields high.